Did you know that this show is 100% listener-sponsored? If you would like to help sponsor the show and become a vital part in producing it, please consider joining Hero Hero or Patreon. What's the difference between those, you might ask yourself? Let me tell you. Patreon is your more classic experience. There's levels. You can join at a dollar, two dollars, all the way up to $35. You get different stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But if you want to join Hero Hero, everyone pays the same amount. Everyone gets the exact same thing. $8 a month locked in for life. So even if we raise it, you're not going to pay more than $8. And the difference between Hero Hero and Patreon is that with Patreon, you get merch. With Hero Hero, you don't, but you get all the stuff we offer you. Yes. Like what, Dennis? Well, you get our monthly vlog called The Lost Tapes, where we go around and visit different places and have different experiences together. You get ad-free episodes of The Check-In. You get Checking In With, our bonus podcast, where we interview different people. There's hours and hours and hours hours of content. You also get movie commentary once a month. And there's like 10 of them up there now. Yeah. My favorite thing, and I think the thing that you are getting the most value from is the live shows. Yo, We record this podcast live twice a month and we do it with a live chat. We sit and talk to our live chat for much longer than we probably should. <laughs> yes. It takes us two to three hours to record an episode. And you see how long these episodes are. They're not two to three hours. No. We have so much fun. It's a community. We all talk to each other. And it really is such a high value piece of this whole project. Yes. So if you're interested, go to patreon.com slash Dennis Callow, my name, our Patreon, or herohero.co slash Bethany Watson and Dennis Callow and join today and help support the show. That's patreon.com slash Dennis Callow or herohero.co slash Bethany Watson and Dennis Callow. Consider joining today, won't you? Links are in the show notes if that seems like a mouthful. This is Checking In With, a bonus podcast of The Check-In with Bethany Watson and Dennis Callow. I'm Dennis Callow. I'm Bethany Watson. Bethany, I'm going to give you the honors of introducing our very special guests oh, today. I'm so excited. I, Dude, <laughs> this has been a long time coming. Yeah. yeah. So this uh, is a very special Friday the 13th because we are talking to quite possibly our favorite couple and i'm spelling favorite with a u mm. the british way this couple is quite possibly the spookiest couple out there i would say this bethany what's that i would wager my life on this they are our southern counterparts yeah so th they are they have an aunt and uncle name as well yes and we have an aunt and uncle name yes. our aunt and uncle name is aunt tilda and uncle van uh -huh. and they have one that they will share with us as well so let me please introduce our very Beautiful, wonderful, fabulous guests, Liz and Brandon Lane. Please come on in, friends. Hi. Hello. How are you both? I just opened up that spooky door. <laughs> <laughs> so Liz and Brandon, we are officially now friends because we have only known each other over social media and through podcast guesting. Um, right. This is our first time, like, all interacting. Mm -hmm. And I want to just, like, kind of give you the opportunity to introduce yourselves. I can also just read your bios if you want, but I think it's more interesting if you guys sort of speak to who you are. So, Liz, do you want to start out? Sure. Uh, my name is Liz Lane, 
and I am a podcaster and I am a, I guess a jack of all trades when it comes to quote unquote entertainment. I'm a burlesque dancer. I've uh, done some acting. I do horror hosting on the freelance. Um, I do a little bit of everything, everything, everything. (laughs) Uh, And Brandon, tell us about you. I'm also a burlesque dancer. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really getting my name out there this month. And uh, I play music. Uh, I play in a horror punk band called Silent Horror. I've been doing that for quite some time. And now I'm a podcaster with, uh, with Elizabeth. And uh, that pretty much takes about all our time. That's like, you guys are busy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because your your parents as well, your uh, parents mm-hmm. to both humans and animals, mm-hmm. uh, everything and I, all over the place. This is yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you guys <laughs> sort of like Brady bunched it, right? Do you want to talk about your origin story as a couple? Because we're you know we we talk about ourselves on this podcast. That's yeah. the basis of this podcast. So I would like to talk about your origin stories and how you melded families together, like the Adams family Brady bunch. Yes, totally. <laughs> I, well, like I said, I can I can start it because like it's kind of. It's kind of my story anyway at the beginning of it because um, Elizabeth, I I found her on social media because... Wait, insert if you can right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Radiohead's Creep. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> Done. If that, if that song comes on right now, I'm I could sing so it in the mad. background. I could sing yeah. it in the yeah. background. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I was just looking around and I saw uh, this Chattanooga Film Festival. And it said that uh, Rhonda Shear was going to be there. So, like, I'm, like, a huge uh, USA Up All Night fan. And I was like, wow, I need, to, I need to see this. And somebody was hosting it, was interviewing it. So I was like, wow. I was like, I was like I'm going to have to look her up. <laughs> and uh, I saw that she lived in Nashville. And I was like, oh, wow. So I just added her. Didn't think anything of it. And uh, she made this one post, like, uh, it's like a boyfriend or dating uh, application. It's like, oh, you must have to do all this. I was like, hell, that's all me. It's like, I was like, she's talking to me. What was it's on the like list? A, what was on the list? Do you remember? I do. Yeah, she's like, she's like, you you have to be able to watch Predator, and you have to be able to watch RoboCop. And and so that's what I did. I, I grabbed my RoboCop, my Predator Blu-rays, and I took a picture of it and I oh. sent it to her and I said. I actually, I think I put it on my post. You put it on a public post. Yeah. And I was like, I got both. <laughs> <laughs> That's brave. Brand. Yeah. Dude, Brandon, yeah. to put it publicly is like such a statement of like, listen, yeah, this mm-hmm. is meant to be. But I think I'm just going to put it out there. It's brave because it. To, I don't know, Liz, to you, but to me, it would show like, oh, he's willing to date me publicly. Like, mm. this is a public mm-hmm. declaration. Do you want to go, go into that? How, like, people were afraid oh, to date you bef- publicly? Before I met Dennis, my last, like, four or five boyfriends didn't want to date me publicly. And so I had secret boyfriends. Tell me about it. It's <laughs> weird. <laughs> so there is for- an epidemic of situationships and undercover girlfriends. Totally. And I went through all of those before I met Brandon. It's wild. I, our Dennis's and my first date, he specifically took me to the Met 
because it was like one of the most public places in New York. And he was like, I'm going to hold your hand in public. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I almost started to cry. Uh, it's crazy. You did start to cry. It was yeah. our first. She cried on our first date. So I knew it was meant to be. Oh, Bethany. <laughs> and I didn't make her cry. No, it that was him. the best part. I I had was a very, like... See, this is where we're so parallel. Very mm-hmm. similar situation with Brandon because our first date, we went out to eat at this really fancy um, Cajun restaurant. And as we're walking out, he puts his hand back for me to hold his hand as we're oh walking. Yeah. And I'm like, D- is he really doing that? Like, is this real life? <laughs> yeah. And I did. And to this day, that's what he does when we when we go. Even if we're going in Walmart, he puts his hand behind him. Oh. So I'll hold oh his God. hand as we're walking. That's oh. so sweet. That's so sweet. And you know what? It's, just, it, it makes you realize that you d- deserved it for yes, this. You're like, because I've been telling yeah. Bethany, I'm like, you deserve this. You it's it's okay. You're yeah. allowed to like be seen yeah. publicly with yeah. somebody. Yeah, I gotta let her know I'm there. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still here. But Brandon, you know, it's 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 funny too because like you see people online and uh and you're also like a great dad you you dress up as a hot dog for the kids you know <laughs> there's a lot that you've done and you could just tell that you sort of are very attentive you're very like you know a, a, a attentive person to not only liz but to the kids so how did the kids come together how did that all happen and, and was that like what was that like because we don't we're non-breeders yeah. so that's one thing we don't have a common is that she and i are non-breeder she and i bethany and i are this non-breeder. One. this one over here <laughs> to my to my right yeah we're non-breeders so whenever we see people with children we're like how do they do this how do you what's that like <laughs> it's it's definitely something i'll let you start it because mine's gonna be it's a lot yeah. so yeah. so i have two children um from a previous relationship and i've always been like for the past almost 10 years before brandon and i uh got married i've been a single parent yeah and my my kids, it was a whole different situation because in, introducing your kids to someone, you know, is scary enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But let alone introducing your kids to someone and saying they also have three children yeah. and those mm-hmm. children are, are going to be in our home. You know, this is going to be their home and we're all going to have to get along. Thank God his oldest son is kind of like the mirror image of my youngest son oh oh wow so they're best friends oh, oh God. That's great. <laughs> it was just like an immediate built-in best friend brother oh. and that has been i think the the biggest positive of the the adams family brady bunch is that <laughs> they both have their their best friend that's just wow. built in and everybody gets along and uh, we we have our you know our routines our ways of doing things mm-hmm. and really we're we're kind of all on the same page mm-hmm. so there's a lot of families where it doesn't work that way yeah, yeah. and it, we're grateful that it just it was just kind of like the stars aligned and everything yeah. just kind of happened boom 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 into place oh that's wonderful what about you brandon what you said your story what's your story yeah well like she said, my my oldest he's he's good as gold, but the other two they're hellraisers, you know. Like they're uh, they're babies. Yeah, they're babies, but <laughs> but they're uh, 
They're hail raising babies. Little Cenobites? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say that. <laughs> no, they're good. Like, you always think of those kids from Raising Arizona that are running around <laughs> and one writes hard on the wall. They're, they're the sweetest kids, though, that could ever be, but they have every ounce of Brandon's energy times a thousand. Wow. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, uh, Bethany and I, we made Lonely Hearts. That was our first, uh, step into making horror. It was a horror comedy. It's horror light, you know? I like to call it like PG 13 horror. And, um, when we, when we, we, it sort of got lost to COVID, uh, uh unfortunately, but we had a huge festival run, but it was all virtual. Mm-hmm. But we ended up being able to go to Crypticon Seattle and we met all the horror people there. And that was when the, the, the light switch went off that I said, horror audiences are the only audiences I want to make movies for. Mm-hmm. They're the least pretentious. They are loving. They're caring. They, they, they get excited about what you do. Everyone at the uh, screening for Lonely Hearts at Crypticon, they came up, they formed a line, and they were like, when's your next movie? We want to see it. How can we keep up with you? And I was like... It's a very big misconception that horror people are dark and brooding and scary, you know, and like just hearing your guys story, it makes me realize why we do what we do and who we do it for, you know, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that because it's like, I think people can, people can misconceive you know misconstrue if you dress in all black and have bangs and suddenly and suddenly they're like oh you Uh must you must do some terrible things in your private time and it's like you would not believe uh, we live uh, you know we live in the south but we live in a very um for lack of better words uppity neighborhood amazing and uh we went to a, a sushi restaurant Uppity neighborhood. Taylor Swift's parents is gonna whoop your ass. Taylor so. Swift and her parents live in the same city that we do. Wow! Oh, so you guys are fancy. Brandon. Fancy. <laughs> but we were we we're uh, meeting each other with the kids over at the sushi restaurant, and Brandon's already in uh, with his oldest son, and my kids and I are coming in the door, and Brandon hears somebody say, "Oh, is it already Halloween?" Wow! Just seeing us. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. but that's it's like you, it's like you said, you know, have bangs, you dress in all black, don't judge yeah. a book by its cover because you know, you guys and and we are, you know, the, the horror fan base is yeah. just a, we're just a loving community, caring, compassionate, yeah, community. Yeah. One thing all, I've always thought that way, yeah, one mm-hmm. thing I've always thought, like back when even when I was younger and I thought I might have kids someday, I remember thinking. If I ever have a kid, I'm going to tell my child, if we get separated in a store and you can't find me, find the goth mm-hmm. because they will <laughs> protect you. They they are True. sensitive. Mm-hmm. They will make sure that you are safe. Uh, find the per- find the spooky one in all black. They will help you because it's, it's just the kindest, most wonderful people, I think, yeah. um, are drawn to this. And I, I don't know why. We're all wounded or something, but it's really – it's a lovely group of people. I read that, um, uh, that horror folks uh, were – dealing with when we were all in the pandemic and we were sort of in quarantine, they were dealing with it better because they have processed certain things that (laughs) other folks haven't because of the films that they watch. And I was like, that's actually a really great study to do. Yeah. And, um, and I understand why, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, 
we're all used to being alone and watching movies. <laughs> Thinking about the worst things that Thinking can possibly happen. Thing. And then the worst thing happens and you're like, all right, yeah, you know, okay. we've been ready for this. Um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Speaking of movies, so let's talk about when you were both children. Um, oh, yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot of overlap in how you were as kids. You mm. you both loved Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is this true from a very young mm. age? Absolutely. Yep. That was uh, that was one movie I wore out. What was the Over what was the age that you guys saw it out individually? Like a lot of people says, like, how do you remember when you was three or four? You know, whatever. Well, by God, I can tell you because I've got a VHS tape of me as a kid watching it. I mean, that that's how I remembered stuff. Is my mom would videotape everything I did. Like she thought I was just so cool. So like you know, I'd stand up and like honk my ding dong like Beetlejuice, you know, like nice fucking model. Yeah, exactly. My mom would film me for hours just doing that. Uh, 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 you know. So I told you all that to tell you this. Uh, that's how I, I knew, and I, I only had two movies that I'd watch, and it's Wizard of Oz and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And, um, and that's his personality in a nutshell. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I mean, the man loves. He's wearing a misfit shirt, yeah. and the man loves Taylor Swift. Yeah. When I found that out, I was like, what? I was like, wait, what? Anyway, that's a whole other subject. So, Liz, what about for you? When when was it for you with Texas Chainsaw? So, I was much later. I was probably, I was at least 10 years old. Um, Still so young. Still very young. But that was when I could, you know, make that choice. I could go to the video store. My grandparents would take me to the video store on Friday nights. And I could go to the horror section and I'd get to go by myself because my grandmother was afraid to walk back there. And my mom, you know, when she would take me, she was afraid to walk back there. So I'd get to go by myself and just pick it out, kind of hide it, Uh (laughs) you know, and take it up and be like, there it is. And they, those guys were, I ended up working at that video store um, when I was 17. But wow. um, what so was the name of the video store? These guys were so cool. It was called The Video Place in <laughs> Madison, Tennessee. The Video Place. That's original. Is it still open? No. No, Aww. it is. I, I Buster took over. I will tell you this, and you will not believe this. Yeah. That's good stuff. In McMinnville, Tennessee, uh-huh. there is still a video store, and I think it's called Corner, uh, let me see, it's Corner Video, I think is what it's called, um, but it's on one of my friend's movies. It's at the beginning of the movie. Uh, but you can still go in there and rent VHS tapes, oh and he's got God. all the faces of death and everything. And That's I went in there amazing. and tried to buy them. I tried to buy them from him, and this is exactly what he said. He said, I can't sell them. People still come here and here and rent them. Oh, are you kidding me? People come here and rent VHS tapes? Yes, there's literally nothing else to do in the Manville Tennessee. He's got a monopoly there. That's, That's amazing. So yeah. speaking of faces of death... Brandon, is this true that you 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 wanted to rent Faces of Death as a kid and your mom had to vouch for you? Mm-hmm. Your mom yeah. seems cool. Oh, hello. It's your friend Bethany here. I want to tell you about something very cool that I have just launched. It is a clothing rental website called Bewitch your wardrobe. You've probably heard of other clothing rental websites before. The dumb ones that can be so expensive, over a hundred dollars, and you do not get to choose your clothes, and you do not get to choose how many times you swap out your rentals. With bewitchyourwardrobe.com, it is $50 a month, and you get unlimited clothing swaps all month. 
And that does not change. I, in the past, have changed out eight times <laughs> over the month. So go to bewitchyourwardrobe.com and check it out for yourself. Free shipping, free returns. We clean these suckers beautifully. And the items that you pick are the items they send to you. And if you fall in love with an item you rent, you get to buy it at a deep discount. So bewitchyourwardrobe.com. It's my new rental service. I'm so excited about it. And transform your style again and again. Yeah. Yeah, she's a lot like me. Like she's just, (laughs) she kind of just goes with the flow, you know? I'm a lot like her. That's better. I'm a lot like her. (laughs) So what uh, did the yeah. video star call her? Or what happened? How did that work out? Uh, no, she uh, she went in there and I told her what the front cover looked like. So she grabbed a hold of it, and took it up there. <laughs> and the people was like, you're going to watch your kid watch this. She's like, yeah, he watches these all the time. So she gets it, brings it home. I made it about halfway through it and I was freaking <laughs> out. So she took it out of the VCR and took it back down there and got me something else. I don't know what Wizard she Wizard of Oz, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> now... I can't remember this. Was Faces of Death one out? All right, guys. If you're if you're if you're a little sensitive to stuff, this is where to like fast forward fifteen seconds. Yeah. But was yeah. this was this the was Faces of Death the one where the guy falls into the alligator pit? He's like hang gliding or something. Yeah, yeah parachuting. Yeah, that's the one. I, that's I distinctly remember that. There is so much overlap with like personally for me with our past. Like Bethany, I don't think you. I had the friends that I would go over and we would watch RoboCop. Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Hellraiser. Hellraiser, mm. I remember the first time I saw Hellraiser, it like, it fucked me up so bad. Just seeing Frank like flayed, like yeah. s- flayed and just skinned muscle, alive yeah. and just muscle and reform. It's like all of those movies, they're such core memories for me. So there's something about that 80s period that is just i have such a soft spot like 1985 1987 like that like little period is so unique uh what are some of your stories about that like how did you guys start getting into watching films like that was it a friend was it just your own instincts like what was it i had no one um that shared the love of horror films with me you know i just didn't and i I went to a, a christian private school and i was you know the outcast i was the witch so hell yeah (laughs) i I didn't have anybody and uh i that was like my it's a weird thing when you you've gone through trauma in your early Mm -hmm. childhood Mm -hmm. and you you use horror films as that like that controlled scare yes for your therapy and yes. that's what it was for me, even as a little kid. You know, it terrified me. I didn't like Leatherface terrifies me, mm-hmm. but I love it. Yeah. And that that's kind of how I used horror. And that's how I grew to just love it. And I wanted to know how horror films were made. So I'd go and get, you know, the the horror magazines and I would read all the articles. I would watch the Gorgon video um intros where they'd have all of the interviews and stuff with the effects makers and, and the, the full moon featurettes. I lived for that stuff more than I did the films because I wanted to know how they were made. So it wasn't scary to me. Mm. And I was controlling that scare where I couldn't do that in my actual real life. I could do that with horror films. Oh, wow. That makes so much sense. That's so, that's so insightful. Um, and I think you're right. There's something about 
the control and sort of the testing your boundary. Mm -hmm. um, I remember being the first, it's not a scary movie, but like one of the first sort of gateway horror movies I saw was Clue. And I saw it a little bit too young. Mm. And it was it was that kind of like, I was scared, but not too scared to, to have to look away. I was like able to kind of like stay in it. And I could feel that it was just playing on that boundary of being too much. Like when the, um, the music at the beginnings terrified me with the moon and, and all of the strings. But then when the singing telegram girl gets shot Ooh. and they show her like just dead on the ground, it's so cartoonish. But to me, that was like the first dead body, quote unquote, I had ever seen. And it was like, okay, wait, no, okay, I'm okay. And just kind of still pushing that boundary. And I think there's something in that, especially when you're a kid yeah. that shows you I'm brave. Okay. I'm a little bit stronger than I thought I was. And, yeah. and it translates into your day-to-day -day life, especially if your day-to-day -day life has some darkness in it already. Mm -hmm. Talk about, about movies that's not really scary, that is scary. Yeah. What about, what about Labyrinth? Oh, what about oh, David Bowie? What about so David Bowie's bulge? So many children learned about male anatomy from mm -hmm. Labyrinth. Yeah. It yeah. blew my mind. That, that's one of my favorite films that's one of my comfort films and when brandon yeah. <laughs> uh, brandon and i first discussed it he was like it actually scared me when i was little and i was like you literally sat and watched evil dead and evil dead 2 and all this other stuff about labyrinth scared no. well, what scared you about it yeah what scared well, you about it well it's in essence it's enclosement it's like she's in the labyrinth okay yeah. even though the world is open David Bowie, the Goblin King, he had control of everything. So, yeah, like, yeah. he could make her go. I mean, so, like, I was freaked out about that. And then the little, the goblins themselves, I mean, wanting to smack a baby to it pays. <laughs> That's what that song says. Elizabeth, don't, she don't think that the song says that. It does. It goes, it does. smack that baby and make him pay. It does. I yeah. just thought it was making pay. Well, I thought it was making pay. No, Me too. Michael, no, it's That's what pay. I'm always saying because I was like, it can't be making pay. Yeah, you smack him. You ain't never heard smack the piss out of somebody? <laughs> smack the piss out of them. <laughs> No. So Brandon, for you, what what was what was what about you? How did you get sort of uh turned on to like Robocop and <laughs> my god, that you know, sorry, I'm going all a little tangent here, but remember when they blow him to pieces? Like they just shoot him oh, to death god. and his it's... body is just falling apart. Like I'll never forget that scene. It's so scary. It's great. It's it uh, that was like when I fell in love with Gore and realized that like later on when you when you like when you sort of like ingest movies nonstop, you realize what Paul Verhoeven was doing in his movies. You realize yes. how he's brilliant. He's a brilliant satirist. Like he's so good. And like when you watch Robocop now, you're like, oh, this is such a good statement on like yeah. police culture. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's really good. Police culture, and that's his version of Jesus. Yes. Yeah. That's wild. He rises from that, that's the, he rises Paul Verhoeven's version version of Jesus. I know. Well I was wife under to do Jesus. <laughs> like the way he says it is so intense. Like um, I'm sorry. So Brandon, your your origin story with these kinds of movies, like how did you get turned on to them? Um well it's it's kind of a two parter, but I'll do it real quick. Yeah. Um yeah, my time, mom man. knew yeah. that I was a hellraiser. Uh-huh. Like my kids after me. <laughs> um so she tried to figure out like what to do. You know, she's like, well, you know, what, what do I do? I, I've got an older sister and she comes into play a lot. 
after I tell you this part. Uh, but that's what she did. She just decided to put me in front of a television. So I I literally grew up on television like um I really don't know how to explain it. It's it's more like I learned how to be a person from movies. So basically what that is, is I mimicked everything. And Mm, that's how I I thought I was funny. And it's like people was not watching as many movies as I was at my age. There's no way. Cause I was, that's all I did was watch movies. Mm -hmm. Oh, boom, 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 boom. So when I'd go out with my friends and stuff, I would recite, you know, Rodney Dangerfield and all this stuff. Hell, they thought I was hilarious. I'm just, <laughs> I was just quoting, you know, like Caddyshack or something this like that. This little kid wanting respect. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah get no respect. They straighten your tie. Yeah, yeah, You're fine. I went, to, I went to the doctor the other day. The doctor said I was going to die. I said, hey, can I get a second opinion? He said, yeah, you're ugly. Oh, God. Get no respect. I mean, like, I was doing stuff kid. like that young. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. like, that, that was the first part of it. The second part of it was my sister. Um, my sister would have slumber parties and, and she would invite, you know, invite friends over and they would always go get like these like sleazy 80s horror movies. So I'd sneak in there and sit in the in like her friend's lap like, hey. <laughs> and, you know, I'm watching all these, you know, just filthy movies, you know, like watching Slumber Party Massacre, you know, like there's that whole scene where they're in the shower and it's like, okay, we're going to see the breast. Yeah. Uh-huh. Let's go down. We're going to see her butt. Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. Go over. And it just keeps yeah. going like that. So here I am, little Brandon, five years old, watching that. You know, it's just, I, I, I grew I gravitated to horror movies just because of my sister, because I was spending time with her. And like, I wanted that time with her, but she didn't want anything to do with me because I was so yeah. little. Sure. Right. But, but. <laughs> But. Spooky movies. She you knew she scared the hell out of me, so that's what she'd always do. She's like, "Oh, we, we go to like the Fall Creek Falls." She'd be like, "Brandon, you know, you know Jason Voorhees lives here." I'm, Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, he's here. I'm like, "Oh God, I'd be worried. I couldn't even enjoy the day." Like Jason's gonna get me. <laughs> so, Brandon, this is where you and I like really align. Um, and my greatest film school was there were I had two great film schools in my life. One was uh, the video store that I worked at, Palmer Video in Staten Island. Um, I curated the horror section because I loved it. And, uh, and then TV. So afternoon, early morning, and sometimes if, if everyone was asleep, late night TV. So I was able to see stuff like Rolling Thunder, I'm like at like 3 p.m. I'd see William Duvane blowing away people in Mexico, you know, and I was like right before G.I. Joe. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but it's awesome. That guy's chest blew up. Um, And then I would see stuff like sequels before the actual like see like. So I saw Halloween three first. And then when I went back and saw Halloween one, I was like, who's this Michael Myers guy? Where's the witches? I want the Where's witches. The, where, where are the witches? <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I always liked Halloween 3 first. So I think you and I have that very similar line where the TV chose what you watched and you were just like sort of beholden to it. But then it gave you this sort of back catalog in your subconscious of what things should look like in movies. Like when I watch movies now, I sound like an old man. I'm like, this doesn't look like a movie. It looks like a fucking TV show. Where does that light come <laughs> they, from they, in real life? Where they film that? But see, I do love, I, I love like Pumpkinhead. There's no, the there's so, there's no such thing as like a light that looks like it does in Pumpkinhead. Like they're in the middle of the woods. There's just a light. <laughs> but I love that. But like, mostly it's like things don't look like movies. Like they look too clean. You know, like all the movies that I watch look like shit. You know what I mean? Or they were very yeah. contrasty, you know? And then you watch them on Blu-ray and you're like, this is how movies should look. So, so yeah, so I think that you and I have that parallel. Um, and it, it was a great education. 
I do have a question for you. When you first started seeing movies in their natural aspect ratio, were you like, whoa, dude, I didn't realize there was that much in that scene because you were watching like on a little box? The, the, the one that I'll talk about, and I will talk about it till the day I die, is uh, Psycho. The, oh, yes. The original Psycho. It, it, I loved it when I was younger, uh, but once they put it out on Blu-ray and I put it in for the first time and it came on, like I'm reliving it right now. I'm about to start crying. It is such, it's it's one of the most beautifulest restorations of a movie I've ever seen because you can literally, you can count the freckles on Janet Lee's back. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, oh my God, it's so clear. And that that's that's one that I, I hold still to this day. That's one of the, my, my greatest. Right? It's amazing. Yeah. And then there are some yeah. movies where I refuse to watch it without pan and scan. And so like over the top, <laughs> yeah. the Sylvester Stallone movie over the top where he's the arm wrestler. I bought that on VHS because I was like, this is the way I have to watch this movie. I can't watch it in, in widescreen. We have and- the little we have the little TV with the TV VCR combo in our kitchen. Yeah. It has since it broke. broken. Yeah. But like I come oh, in no. on a Saturday morning and he's watching What's that movie? He's watching over, what's the, top. over the top while making pancakes. And he's like, but this movie's so good. So you yeah, no. but then, but then she sits down. Right. And she's like, this is beautiful. I'm like, right. It's a story of a son and a father. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. It's lovely. <laughs> she got like eating pancakes. She yeah. just got lost in the movie. <laughs> so Liz, I want to go and talk about your, uh, your burlesque, burlesque dancing. Now, um, how long have you been doing it and how did you get into it? My first show was 2017. Okay. And uh, I got into it because there there really wasn't anybody here. I mean, we had troops here, but there wasn't anybody here that was doing anything outside of the box. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everything was just kind of cookie cutter or rockabilly or, you know, it was just... Uh, it was very stereotypical burlesque. And I was like, you know what? I can make a horror show. Nice. Yeah. I could yeah. make a statement. Yeah. Or I could do something. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but I like pushing boundaries. No, no. really? You? No. <laughs> <laughs> you have bangs. I, Obviously you do. That's, that's, what, that's what happens. Uh, you cut the bangs, you push boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, so I would... I kept doing that and I would get booked on certain shows. A lot of people didn't want anything to do with me here, but I would eventually grow to create my own shows and put my, you know, put my money where my mouth was Mm -hmm. essentially and bring people in because people didn't have like back then we didn't have uh, quote unquote nerd lesk, which we do now, you know, (laughs) and stuff like that. We just didn't have it. We just had, regular stereotypical burlesque so i took that up a notch and did a festival did demon night started demon night uh with my friend and we were able to bring in uh incorporate that with music and um dark art things of that nature I actually got protested by the southern baptist convention of course uh, it did. congratulations yeah. congratulations, oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. yeah that means you did something yeah. right yeah. exactly exactly so, yeah i mean i i was looking on your instagram and you have um a photo from i think that show i think the most recent of that show and and you have i mean you you look amazing and you also have blood just coming out of your <laughs> mouth and down your chin i was like that's 
part that's the burlesque i'm here to see is yeah there better be exactly. blood yeah yeah blood knives <laughs> what kind of crowds come out for like what what are the crowds like it's basically the well for in nashville it's the goth crowd but then you also get like the the older men that come out for for burlesque shows and they're regulars mm -hmm. you get to know who's regular who's coming and and they're great and they tip and, nice. and like they support everybody it's that's just awesome. nice that's awesome. Um, there's some really great people in that community. I um I have burlesque to thank for introducing me to Twin Peaks, uh, <laughs> because I so I am like you, Brandon, in that I'm a Twin Peaks late adopter. I didn't get into it until later in life because I know because shame on I, both of you. Oh, it's Liz and I are both looking down <laughs> upon you from our regret. Twin Peak mountains. Literally, our Twin our Peaks twin were looking peaks. down at you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was, but it was because friends invited me to a Twin Peaks themed burlesque show. And I knew that there were going to be all these references that yeah, I wanted to yeah. make sure I got. And so I so you just mainlined, I mainlined like, it <laughs> like I think I found out about it on a Thursday. It was that Saturday. And so I watched seasons one, two and three all like <laughs> in two days. Wow. And wow. the I mean, the burlesque show was amazing, um, but I became obsessed with it after that. And I need to go back and watch it because I feel like I missed a lot. Um, but but burlesque is the reason that i that i love twin peaks as much as i do so brandon what was your first like what was your first experience with twin peaks because that's a big thing in this community of people that like we know is like twin peaks is the shit yeah. it's like if you, yeah. if you, you know like you well, gotta watch it because it's scary okay. it's funny it's campy it's like all these things you know i am one of these people where um i gotta have the right atmosphere ah, like um i will good, not yeah. Like there's some movies that I I've never watched just because I've heard that they're great and I just don't want to put it on you know if I feel bad or something I don't want to put it on. Gotcha. Um, but uh, while I was here, whenever I moved here, there was like a two week span of where I was trying to find uh, employment, and so like I was like, man, what did I do? And I looked around and she had all this twin peak stuff but i didn't know what it was you know like i told her i was like i was like what the hell is this woman and an owl and a log <laughs> she's like she's like oh, it's twin peaks and i was like okay then then like you know i come in the bedroom i'm like what's this picture of this damn door like what's this door like, what's this bedroom door she's like it's twin peaks so finally uh that's when i went in there and just started watching it and after the first episode the when the second episode came on i was like well, I, I really need some coffee. Like I need to drink yes, coffee right? while, while I watch this. And pie. so, like that was that was my thing. I could not wait to wake up the next day because, like, she worked during the day at the time, and I was like, "Oh, this is my Twin Peaks time." Totally, so we used to watch just, it over breakfast. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it gives you a really weird, warm feeling uh -huh. when you're watching it. I've tried to explain this to people. I'm like, you don't understand. Yes, it's scary. Yeah, but it gives you this nostalgic feeling and it's like this mountain town and it's the late 80s early 90s and really more early 90s it just has this warmth to it and it makes you want to visit it, it over and over again and that's world building you know yeah. when you can build a world so unique that you just want to go back and visit you know you've done something right as a filmmaker yeah liz how did you first find twin peaks i used to sneak and watch it when i was really little because i wasn't <laughs> yes. allowed to watch it yeah when it, you know when mm -hmm. it aired because i was very young and um, I the little bits that I saw, 
I wanted to know so much more. And they ended up um, putting it in syndication. I don't remember who had it. It was like IFC channel or one of those channels like in the late 90s on cable. Mm -hmm. They had it in syndication. And I got to watch it before I'd go to school every morning that when that was syndicated and I caught it all the way through to the end. And, and I was like, Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is amazing. (laughs) So then I went and, and hunted down a firewalk with me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I had seen bits of firewalk with me too, before I even went through all of twin peaks and just for, you know, David Bowie. Yeah. 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 And, uh, that that's how I like I just fell in love and I went to Tower Records here uh, when it existed and was able to buy the full VHS set and I would just watch them on repeat and just study because I was at, that's what made me fall in love with David Lynch and later uh, I was able to do the subscription for when the the internet came here. I was able to save my money and do the subscription to his website and see all of his weird shit, <laughs> you know, all of that stuff and his the alphabet and everything else. <laughs> yes, yeah, yep. the alphabet is so the fucked up. The grandmother, yeah, like oh it's, god, there's so a lot. Up. Yeah, so yeah, I was. That's how I got into it, and yeah. it, it, it holds a very very special place in my heart. And Brandon. It didn't like coming here. It was just like, what is what is this? And it, like he said, there's a Laura's fire walk with me um, picture that she gets from Mrs. Chalfont uh, or Tremont, however you want to call her, um, is in my bedroom. And he's like, why do you have this picture of a door and a wall? <laughs> what yeah. is that? Like, yeah. how is that art? You know, and I'm like, this is what it is. So now, now he gets it. He gets it 100%. And also, now when I'm going through stuff, I'll find just the most random Twin Peaks merchandise. I'm going, what is this? She's like, oh, yeah, they had a magazine back in the day. I'm like, what? I used to collect those. They're, they're wrapped in plastic. I still have a couple oh, of them. That's it's am- so cool. There was so much lost merchandise for that show. Like, they, they even have, um, I've been, you can get the coffee cups that they used in the double R diner. They're yeah. a specific brand of like Corningware or something mm-hmm. and, or Pyrex. They're like the Pyrex. Pyrex glasses, but they're freaking expensive. Yeah. Like you still like, cause they're, they're, they're not only they have the association with the show. Cause I found like a pair of, of black ones and I was like, Oh, it's amazing. And they were like $80. I'm so like, expensive. I'm not God. buying that shit. For, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm putting coffee in it. Yeah. <laughs> One shirt that I got in the late nineties from mm. media play, which I don't know if you guys had those or not, but those were the, no. like the tower, like the yeah. gigantic franchise um, pop culture stores that we don't have anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I have this fire walk with me shirt that I've kept. I kept wow. it since I had oh, I, I I'm so it. glad you kept it. And it's like five or $600 to buy <laughs> on a vintage quote unquote site. And I'm like, that's insane. It's insane. There is a vintage store in New York City 
that used to be fairly close to my apartment, and you yeah. and I would walk past it every once in a while. Roll and our eyes. As, it, as my grandmother would say, they sure know what they want for that. Because you walk <laughs> in, and there's like a 4X t-shirt with like sync on it, and they're charging $120 for that. It's and ridiculous. you're just like, yeah. absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah, I, it's I, so stupid. I heard something funny the other day that was like, vintage stores are not what like we grew up with. Yeah. You know, vintage stores like Gen Xers, like we grew up with like 70s clothes. They're like, now they're just selling Bugs Bunny t-shirts yeah. that are 3X large. Like, that's it's it. Bugs Bunny yeah. wearing a do-rag, yeah, standing exactly. back to back with Daffy <laughs> yeah, wearing a do-rag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's vintage stores Yeah, that's now. vintage. Yeah. yeah, it's like 80 bucks I'm now. like, that shit sucked back then. It sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a... <laughs> I have one sheet about you two. It's two sheets long. Two sheets long, yeah. I love it. And I have um, I have your names, and then I have horror movie facts, and then I have other fun facts about both of you. And Liz, under your other fun facts, um, can you explain your grandfather complained about Shel Silverstein's weed smell? <laughs> so my, my grandfather, um, I can say his name. His name was Josh Graves, and he was a dobro player. He played in... Um, lots of dobro or dobro he played in lots of bluegrass bands uh and that's how we lived he he supported all of us oh wow and so um back when he first started and into his career there weren't these guidelines for royalties and rights and things like that so he was playing with the started with wilmalee and stoney cooper and uh he ended with uh, before he did solo stuff and worked with friends of his on and off, he ended with uh, Flat and Scruggs, and he was a Foggy Mountain boy. And uh, isn't that great? That's amazing. <laughs> and, foggy so, Mountain boy? Yeah. Oh. He actually, um, when my mom was a kid, he had a, a show here that was filmed at the Opry. Oh, and wow. every week it was called the Martha White Hour. And Martha White sponsored it. To this day, I will never buy another flower other than Martha White. Oh, um, I will so only amazing. buy, if I have to buy evaporated milk, I buy pet milk. Because yeah. those things supported my family, you know, wow. throughout my my grandfather's life. Yeah. Um. So my, when he got in his elder years, that's when he's taking care of me. So I live with my grandparents, you know, for a long time. Mm. And uh, I would witness all of this country music stuff having no clue of what anybody who anybody was you know and people would come in and out of the house when papa was doing session work and stuff so he played on an album with shell silverstein um in 1980 i think and they just stayed friends and he met him through johnny cash wow. who he also did work with that's and wild. Work with later. So these people would be at the house and I wouldn't know anything other than they were Papa's music friends that were coming over, you know, and I better be prepared because I'd probably have to go get him a beer out of the fridge. At some <laughs> yeah. point I'd hear, Betsy, go get me a beer, you know, and I'd go get my beer and bring it back. So I knew to be on standby, but I didn't know who these people were. But that was one person that I can remember um, growing up in the late 80s when he would come by to visit because he wouldn't come often because he didn't live here mm. uh, permanently. I believe he lived in Chicago. I'm not quite sure, but he lived somewhere where he had a great distance to drive if he were to come here. And uh, when he came, that was the one thing that my grandfather would complain about would be like, 
I love him, but that smell, that 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 pot smell, that's strong, that's strong stuff. I love Shel he Silverstein was really just nice blowing guy. bones yeah. outside, like yeah, man, coming in and fucking jamming out. Like that's it's I mean, amazing. If, if you had the messed up stuff in your head that he had in his head, you'd probably be smoking a lot of pot too. Oh, I have that. I sent Liz a picture of different dances, which is like the most Oof. fucked up book. It's like it's like people it putting is. themselves through meat grinders and stuff, and it's like this is the guy who did <laughs> See, the. I, you know the circle book that, like, where, i know. don't ever I, I never had the chance um to ask my grandfather like did you really even know like i don't think he did like he mm. knew shell wrote children's books yeah right but he didn't know like the specifics on his like his poetry or anything like that mm. i don't think he knew to the extent of of how crazy some of that stuff right. got yeah um, right yeah but I really I, I always wondered that like if he knew these people like chris christopherson and like we we have a, a letter from steve martin that wrote to him before That's he died nuts. and said that he was his favorite dobro player and you know how much he admired him i always wondered if he knew yeah who these people were yeah 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 <laughs> like if he understood <laughs> right yeah it's like do you yeah. understand the cultural impact yeah. and they're <laughs> exactly. writing you letters yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right let's do brandon fun fact brandon fun fact okay here we go still has a yahoo email account <laughs> oh wow that's a that's a good one elizabeth <laughs> I'm going to plant that one in there. No, uh, yeah, I do. I make fun of him all the time well, for it. I, I, I fear change. I can't, I can't no, go. No, I'm with I you. Can't go either. And plus, with you. If, if I get another email address on my phone, all my stuff's going to be gone because I can't exactly. remember any passwords. I can't yeah. remember none of them. Yeah, no, and also, never like, give that up, Brandon. No. Never give that up. And also, like, I don't know about you guys, but like, my email is also my filing system. So if I lose my email, I won't find anything because yeah. it's like that's my documentation mm-hmm. of anything I ever need is to just find it back in my email. If I use a different email account, I'll, I'll lose it all. There was yeah. one morning where Bethany had her laptop open, and we are we're very like we respect each other's privacy. We don't like look at each other's phones and stuff. Like we're very like, hey, you do you, I'll do me. You know, we trust each other. But I I just glanced over and and her inbox it said four thousand five hundred and seventy nine, and I looked at Whoa. her and I went, honey, um, your inbox, and she just goes, ah, ah, I have a system. <laughs> <laughs> And I, said, I do have a system. Okay. And she was yeah. just like, no, we'll just walk away. Walk away. Pretend you didn't see anything. I have unread emails from 2008, and I feel like at this point, they're not expecting me to get back to them, so I just right. leave those unread. And it's then fine. you have some like, that you're like, I can't delete that one. Yeah, that one means a lot. It means a lot to me. I'm that like, okay, all right. Emotional okay. connection. Well, then you print it out, and then she's like, there's too many. <laughs> no, no, no. Can't. Um, another fun fact, Brandon, about you is you have to eat certain foods with certain movies. Yeah. Does this make sense? Can That's you true. explain this? Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes back to my mom setting me up watching movies like whatever happened on the movie like i felt like i had to do it too mm-hmm. yep, so, sure. yep yep so like one of the the main stories is the the batman one you know like oh, i thought they was eating chili juice but it's like some some type of soup or something i don't know <laughs> soup yeah just soup it's i soup. love it when they're at the long table soup it's can you, soup yeah. can you pass the salt i love yeah. oh god i love it i love it so much Let's talk about Fright Cat for a sec. You are also a couple that do a podcast together. Yeah. And the Fright Cap episode of American Psycho. It, <laughs> it's on YouTube. We're going to put a link in the show yeah. notes. Yeah. I stood over Bethany as she's watching. I'm like, please watch the whole thing. I want to see your reaction. 
at the end of it, she's laughing her ass off. At the end of it, she goes, that's one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> you're talking about the movie and suddenly there's this shift and then it's Brandon doing American Psycho and it's amazing. And Liz, you are the most perfect straight man yeah. because the look of just... <laughs> Not boredom, but just being unconcerned. And when he snaps out of it, she just go, Brandon. Oh my God. It's, it's so, so good. good. And I remember uh, I DM'd you, Brandon, because you had been posting like, you know, uh, sort of sneak peeks. And you were like, I don't know, we put this together in 15 minutes, it's but we'll, so see, if it, we'll yeah. see if it works. And it came out so good. So let's talk about Fright Cap and specifically that episode and what made you do. I mean, because you could talk about American Psycho ad nauseum, but was what was refreshing was that it it was it went so off the rails, but it so worked, yeah. and I was like, this is actually brilliant. So let's just talk about that episode and then Fright Cap a, a, in general. Yeah, well, the the episode came about. Um, it, it's like what you said is, um, I told her I was like, you know, there's a lot of reviews there's you know if you listen to people's podcast on movies and stuff you know they they're going to tell you hey you know this happened point a point b point you know which it was is directed good. by a woman yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which it, it's it's good for you know somebody that hasn't seen the movie but i feel like people that know us to listen to i mean like i feel we can go outside the box and people will get the references yeah so that's what that's what I suggested. I, I first I wanted her to be uh, Patrick Bateman. I wanted oh. her to be everything. <laughs> but like I, our schedules were just so crazy. So like most of that was just me in the house alone. So nice. like even when I'm talking to her, like in, in a few parts, she's not even there. <laughs> <laughs> me and the kids showing up, and Brandon's in his underpants with an <laughs> ice pack on his face. And they're okay, just like, oh, honey. it's just another day uh, with yeah. mom and dad. Another day you know? with Brandon. Yeah. 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 Did you guys get good feedback from that episode? I saw the comments and I was like, everyone is loving this. You know, everyone loved yeah. that turn. So like, did you get, what kind of feedback did you get from that, from your listeners? Yeah. Um, I've got this one, uh, I'm going to say friend because he, he's been with me through thick and thin, but he, he's from Sweden Yeah. and, uh, his, his name's Birch man. I think that's nice. how it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, but anytime we ever post anything, like he is automatically like he messages me and it, I guess it translates, but like he is like so, I don't know, I don't know what the word is. He's so supportive and oh. like he's never met me a day in his life and he's in Sweden, you know? So like I always make sure to make the time to, to really reply, you know, reply back good to him. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like his, like his responses was just, just great. I don't know, like, when we do stuff, I do it for, to try to make her laugh. Like, that's, Aww. that's the, that's the main yeah. focus. And this is going to, this is going to merge the, the fright cap part of it. Hell yeah. When we decided to do this, that's what I told her. I was like, the way we're talking, the way we do, I was like, we just need to film it. Like, yeah. there, there is never a time where we set, that was on, the, I take it back. The American Psycho, yeah, was a setup, but the rest of it, no, it's we're, we're like, what are we talking about? Uh, okay, we'll talk about uh, little fellers. Little know. fellers. 
Oh, Bethany. Yeah. So Bethany comes out of the bathroom yesterday. Or I was like rewatching all of them to, to yep. you know, like refresh myself. So Bethany's just been listening and listening and saying, and she goes, "Oh my God, little fellers!" <laughs> just from the bathroom, I hear this. I'm like, "It's the best episode." I was like, "It's great." Um, which fellers. is where you guys focus on talking about like movies like Critters yeah. and uh, and Ghoulies. Ghoulies yeah. yeah, Ghoulies is great, man. Ghoulies is like another one. Remember, remember seeing that in the video store, the thing coming out of the toilet and being like, "I gotta see this." Like, yeah. what kind of batshit madness is this? Um, but and you film it in your bed. That's okay. So that's, yeah, that's another thing too. You guys, you do it from bed, but now you're starting to branch off and talk to filmmakers and do interviews. And I have been amazed at the dynamic. So it's sort of been progressing the show. So let's talk about the formation of the show, how you sort of discussed it as a couple and like, what, what was the, what was the genesis of it for you guys? Well, it was really just wanting to show who we are. I think because that's us. Yeah. And it's like Brandon said, we're sitting here just one night and I was like, you know, I really wish we could work together professionally on something. And uh he was like, why can't we just film the way we are? Why can't we just film us talking in the bed before we go to bed? You know, why can't we just do that? And I'm like, you know what? That's genius. Because that's just that's what we do mm-hmm. even with the you know american psycho obviously staged that's literally sh- shit that he does during <laughs> the day to get a rise out of me that's what it's like living with brandon and uh, it, it, everything that that it is is us so you live together you we open the show like that we, we live together we sleep together we do this together so you guys are so similar in that sense i always see you together <laughs> you're working together you're doing this podcast together um how do you balance it there's really not much to balance i don't think like it's just you know how you sounds so horny but you meet your person yeah yeah you meet your person and you're just set yeah. you don't care about Mm -hmm. anything anymore on the exterior how anyone else sees you or um you know you want to you want to be with your person yeah yeah and there are it's like i've heard on your podcast you know when you guys have your moments where you're like you know this is getting heavy or yeah the one that i love is when um the the kitchen uh rotation (laughs) Our kitchen, that you guys is have. Our kitchen is a nightmare. The kitchen rotation nightmare. is yeah. fucking hilarious. <laughs> and I think, you know, that we all have those. Mm-hmm. Every every healthy functioning company, company every healthy and functioning couple. And we're now supporting Folgers. <laughs> <laughs> this is the company that we're, we're sponsoring. Healthy and functioning <laughs> we all have those quirks and those things yeah. and those hangups, and we're never going to agree a hundred percent of the time. But that's just part of. If we did, I think we'd all hate each other. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I agree. And so, and Liz, you brought up a great point: is that once you find your person, it's kind of easy, you know. Yeah. And it's like it's and and that's what I didn't realize until I met Bethany and like we've been in this relationship so long. I was like, 
wow, all my relationships before this were really hard. hard. Like, they didn't have to be that difficult. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And then so exactly. it's like, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, yeah. It just sort of falls into place. And then you're able to sort of do all these things together. I mean, we still have to have like meetings and be like, all right, this is a business meeting. Yeah. Like here is right now is business. And then we'll do, you know, but after everything, I always, we always look at each other like, Hey, I, I fucking love you. Yeah. Like, you know, like oh. I, I love you so much. You yeah. Know? Um, I mean, there's mate, there's maintenance for everything. You obviously have to have talks and there's going to be disagreements, right. but but, but it is it's just like oh i still like being around you yeah yeah <laughs> and i also love the fact that you guys were like we have to do something creative mm -hmm. together you know because you're a creative couple um are you thinking of branching out and doing film and making a film i mean i feel like you guys have to at this point because you're really good at editing you're really good at like conceptualizing you're getting really good at like editing with fright cap and stuff so is there maybe something that might happen i'll let you I'll, in yeah I, I wouldn't go against it but uh like as far as making a movie um the, the movies that i have been a part of has been so uh exhausting mm -hmm. that the 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 fact of trying to make something like me do it i'm so ocd yeah uh it it drives me crazy so like if i'm creating music which if i put out a song it may not sound the best to some people but when I'm doing it, I'm spending a whole week doing the drums. I'm doing right. a whole week. So like doing a movie, oh my lord. <laughs> I I would I would tear it to pieces. It'd never get done. Yeah. It's know? tedious. Yeah. So you would need down. someone else probably to be in charge. Yeah. Yes. That would and, be it. That's yeah. something that that's been considered. It's just like writing because we write very well. Mm -hmm. You know, both of us do. Just in yeah. different ways. Yeah. And, handing that off or like giving it we we have so many friends now in the filmmaking industry yeah that we can you know we could get that from because like like he said if brandon was in charge of of editing or filming and doing, like i can't it's like he said about dennis like he must come out and burn the lighting and stuff like that <laughs> That's Brandon for doing literally right. anything that I do, audio yeah. or visual. It, like he's over it. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be perfect. Yeah, I take that from Hunter S. Thompson, uh, mm -hmm. Johnny Depp in Fear and Loathing. Yeah. He says that, and I, I live this. I live pretty much everything that Johnny Depp says in that movie. Yeah. But he says things worth doing is worth doing right. Yeah. So yes. that's what I do. I, I was yes. like, if it's worth doing, I'm going to do it to the to tenth degree. You know. Yep. Totally. Yep. So before we wrap up, I just did want to also talk about uh, Chattanooga Film Festival. Chattanooga Film Festival okay. is, I, I think it's really important for people to support film festivals. Absolutely. Chattanooga, yep. you are involved with, Liz. How are you involved with it? And how can people support? Can, you know, if they can't attend, like if we're on the East Coast, is there a way to attend virtually and things like that? And when does it happen? So it happens the third week of June every okay. year. And uh, I got involved with that through my friend, Chris Dorch, who is the festival founder, and he runs it. And um, he used to work here at the Art House Cinema, Belcourt. And he was one of a few people at Belcourt that was on the same wavelength. He's mm -hmm. a lot of, not to sound ugly, but a lot of people in that Art House industry are snotty. Yeah. Oh, He's yeah. not. Yeah. You know, he's just not. And um, he's not. He's <laughs> did it. Good night, folks. Thank you. <laughs> so, 
Chris had reached out to me to see if I wanted to do um, some interviewing with Chattanooga Film Fest. And uh, because I had been a part of it on the exterior for so long. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got into it. And um, he would not just me, just his group of friends that he knew that were that as passionate about film as he is. He would send out, you know, hey, would you what do you think about this? Or do you think this has a little bit too much of this? You know, do you think this is something that, you know, we could put on the the lineup? You know, so I was already involved exterior in exterior ways. But then he started using me uh, for interviews and now it's become uh, pulling in sponsorship and working with vinegar syndrome who are my awesome. friends to do things uh which i knew the film fest and he he's really taken that from he took that from what he calls the the gremlin style party <laughs> but it was just a it was like a free-for-all party where he basically people just came in and watched movies and had a good time to that on a grander scale and that's kind of it's what it is it's just it's a festival for people who love film and everybody's there for that purpose. Chris at one point started just to just to do it because everything started with horror. He's a horror hound yeah, at yeah. heart, just like us. Started as the frightening ass film festival. Awesome. Nice. <laughs> awesome. It just got to a point where he couldn't do frightening ass film festival and do Chattanooga Film Festival and devote the right time to both of them and the and get the right sponsorship for both of them too sure. mm -hmm. so all of everything in frightening house film festival got merged into chattanooga film festival and that's where it's so why it's so horror heavy mm -hmm. and these these movies like that and, and movies like um this year it was trim season yeah tear sucker and and these these really good independent horror films come into play yeah and if anyone's watching you can go to a festival and make a vacation out of it and it's oh, a yeah. lot of fun oh, and yeah. if you love movies and if you love watching movies this is a great place to go visit a town yep. or visit a region that you wanted to go to while also supporting and seeing all these new films that are going to come out and you could see it before anyone else yeah. you know that i think is the best way to experience it can you also I experience it through uh buying virtual tickets you can. So that's one of the, the best things about Chattanooga Film Festival from 2020 until mm -hmm. now yeah. is that we, we didn't know what we were going to do. Chris yeah. was just kind of, he was like, what are we, what's going to happen now? And Microsoft developed a system specifically for him to test out to <sighs> do this. Yeah. yeah. To do this virtual film festival and virtual it opens up it, i mean it's limiting in in certain ways but it, it opens up so many other opportunities because at that you know people that couldn't normally make it out to chattanooga all the way mm -hmm. they can buy a ticket you know mm -hmm. or somebody yeah. who's disabled and can't come to the show yeah. they can buy a ticket and experience all of those films at home and 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 get to participate too because he also has the discord channel mm -hmm. for people that buy tickets where they can all, everybody's chatting back and forth and it it works so seamlessly. You can also bring in guests that you yeah. couldn't normally even afford, you know, that would yeah. come in and, and do a, a separate price just yeah. to do virtual. 
You know, yeah. they're doing it in their underpants at home. They don't care. <laughs> they're not wearing any pants at all. No, yeah. like Brandon with the ice pack on his face. Like <laughs> <laughs> Brandon wearing no pants right now. No pants. <laughs> hey, listen. We don't know what's going on down there, no, so we fine. have no, you know, we we have no, we have no vision below your misfit chart. So yeah. no. you could be wearing <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> like if you're watching the screen, if you see me keep going like this. There's... I've got cats and like really <laughs> cats. I meant to ask you, you we have to new... talk about okay, cats. Sorry, I know we yeah. need to end, but you no, found a cat, right? You found a cat. Well, the cat is gone. Where's the okay. cat? Is everything and okay? I've spoken to no. We think so. I've spoken okay. to my direct neighbor to the side of us, and uh, I said, "Have you seen this calico cat? It's got a half orange face. It's the sweetest cat, and it showed up here this weekend, and now it's." gone and she said i've seen it behind me coming in and out of the house okay, okay. so now we know it belongs to somebody they just <laughs> suck and let it roam free where it shouldn't it, i mean it's not like we live in a super busy community but we live on roads that are traveled that cats should not okay. access all right you know? yeah. i think you need to take that so, cat in off the record the if she looks, comes back yeah. she's coming in the house yeah she looks well fed i'll say <laughs> i was like oh she's a she's an indica but liz please tell us what you named her because it's amazing lena ford her first name <laughs> i was gonna name her crystal gale yeah and uh she something about her and her face and i had just saw a clip of lita ford on headbanger's ball on on instagram yeah, yeah. The day of and, and i had her in my head and i had her on my spotify too for the day and um when Br brandon had left the house and uh came, what did you do you went to go get drinks or I something went to get red, red bull <laughs> and came back ride the bull and uh i said i was like her name's changed it's officially lita ford <laughs> <laughs> and she so much has it. happened yeah where can people find you and and tell them when uh fright cap is happening everyone listen to me yeah plug your you don't fucking listen to fright cap i'm coming to find you <laughs> yeah fright caps are every friday there's a podcast at the at the minimum every friday we did have a bonus episode this week and that was for our buddy wolf um but there there is an episode of the podcast every friday and we're trying to do videos every other friday they're released at 7 p.m central time okay okay on okay. youtube okay gotcha and then uh the podcast is released at 8 a.m central time fabulous Great. awesome and you can find it wherever you find your podcasts yep. and the videos yes. are all on youtube is there a all is the there YouTube. a yeah on youtube where what are the what do people search on youtube to find you I think you just type in Fright Camp. Fright but it, what's the name? What's but, the, the channel? But the channel is mine, and it's uh, Dead End Lane, L-A-Y-N-E. Such a good title. Not, yeah, not lame. L-A-M-E. <laughs> dead End, like a dead end road. Yeah. Dead yeah. End and that yeah. is also your Instagram handle, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And Liz, you are on Instagram. I am I hate with an H8 underscore pretty hate machine also with an H8. Fabulous. Hate is always with an H8. Yeah. Yes. Um, you too. Thank you so much. This has been this a long was, time coming. Yeah, this was it really I, I mean, honestly, this could have been like three and a half hours. Yeah, I would really love to have you guys on. I know we both have discussed this having you guys on Fright Cap. Yes, we absolutely. would love it. We'll we film it from it. our beds. Yeah, we'll go we'll do oh, it in oh our beds. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I'll set up we'll a camera. We'll do it yeah. in our yeah. bed. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Um, this was wonderful, yeah. guys. Please follow them, listen and to them, support everything. Support they do. everything they do. 
And you know what, Bethany? Mm. I think we did. We got another one in the bag, and we this did was it. a good one because this is October. Yep, we did it. So uh, that's it. Thanks yeah. for checking in with all of us here and checking in with. Happy Friday the thirteenth. See you at the next one. Thank you. <laughs> good night. <laughs>